Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Sarah McGregor, and I'm your host for today's podcast, where we're talking with two of our professionals about the employee retention credit, what it is, who qualifies, and why we're talking about it now after at the start of this new year. I'm joined today by Ann Yancey. She is a director in our state and local tax practice and also deals with employment tax credits. And also Martin Karaman. Martin is a principal in our credits and accounting methods. Both of these individuals have um, broad experience dealing with employment credits and are happy to talk to us today about this employee retention credit and why it's important now. Uh, so let's start off by just an overview of the employee retention credit. Uh, Martin, tell us about that. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. So the employee retention credit is essentially a credit that's designed to encourage businesses to retain employees despite the business pressures on the economy due to COVID-19. Originally coming out of the CARES Act, it applied to the time period March 13th, 2020 through December 31st, 2021. And interestingly, employers who claimed PPP benefits were specifically prohibited from claiming ERC benefits. So today, as a result of recent legislative changes, the ERC is now available to employers that previously claimed PPP. It's also been extended into the first two quarters of 2021. And the rate of the credit was increased from 50% of qualifying wages in 2020, to 70% of qualifying wages per quarter in 2021. That means that there's a maximum benefit of $5,000 per employee for the 2020 year and a maximum benefit of $14,000 per employee for 2021. So now why don't we go through the rules? There are different rules for 2020 as compared to 2021, and I'm going to cover the rules around 2020, and my colleague Ann is going to cover the rules around 2021. In order to take advantage of this credit, any company has to reach what's known as eligible employer status. And the way you get there is by having what's known as a significant decline in gross receipts, which for the 2020 credit is defined as a 50% decline in gross receipts in any calendar quarter of 2020 as compared to the same calendar quarter of 2019. or you have to be subject to government orders that limit uh, that limit commerce, travel, or other group meetings. So essentially, your business at some point in 2020 was subject to orders that caused you to experience what's known as a full or partial shutdown. That's how you hit eligible employer status for 2020. And why don't you cover 2021? Okay, thanks, Marty. Um, for 2021, it, it's even better news. So in 2020, you only need a 20% decline in gross receipts in the first quarter or second quarter of 2021 as compared to that same quarter in 2019. The good news is also that employers don't have to wait until the end of the first quarter of 2021 to determine if they're qualified under this 20% decline because the IRS has given us an, an election whereby you can also use um, fourth quarter of 2020 compared to fourth quarter of 2019 as a proxy for this gross receipts test for the first quarter of 2021. So that's a lot of words, but again, you have two ways to meet that 20% decline um, for 2021 eligibility for the credit. The other change in 2021 is that the credit is now a 70% credit and it's based on $10,000 of qualifying wages in each quarter, first quarter and second quarter of 2021. So the benefit is that there is 
potentially a $7,000 per credit, credit per quarter for each employee in each of the first and second quarter of 2021. So Ann, let me let me summarize because I think I left some information out a little bit before. What we have for 2020 is a 50% credit and what we have for 2021 is a 70% credit. Also, when we're looking to determine who's in, who, which employees are receiving qualifying wages, there are enhanced benefits for companies that are 100 or fewer in 2020. And those same enhanced benefits apply to companies that are 500 or fewer for 2021. Essentially, for those smaller companies, as I, as I just defined them, a company that's an eligible employer can include the wages paid to all their employees to the extent they hit eligible employer status. If, however, they're bigger than 100 or 500 in 20 or 2021, respectively, they have to instead look to those employees that they're paying who are not providing services. So there's a real enhanced benefit for companies that are 500 or fewer in 2021 that it's experienced a 20% decline in gross receipts. Um, they're... I would expect there would be a number of companies that fall into that. Um, and that that's what we're really seeing right now is that this credit is affecting many, many more companies than it did in 2020. Specifically in 2020, we talked to companies um, and very few of them had a 50% decline in gross receipts. Most of them were subject to government orders in order to hit eligible employer status. But now I find that more of the companies we talked to are actually qualifying under the gross receipts test. That's that's good news, um, Marty. So bottom line is that companies really, they should want to take this credit because it's an immediate cash benefit. It's, it's as close as we come to in the tax code of a real cash credit. Um, it is a refundable payroll credit. So it doesn't matter if a company is in uh, net operating loss positions or if they're currently paying tax at all. Again, this is utilized against payroll taxes. So companies can get the money back um, pretty quickly. And so who is eligible for this credit and should take advantage of this program? The tax law provides that all four profit companies that meet the two eligibility tests or one of the two eligibility tests qualify for this credit. Um, also tax exempt organizations. And now with the new legislation, the eligible parties can be public colleges and universities and government owned organizations that provide medical care. Um, but we've really seen across the board um, companies qualify for this credit in a number of industries. So just some examples of what we've seen, definitely um, companies within the restaurant, retail, hospitality space, those companies all suffered, as we all know, from a government mandate that restricted their operations and their eat-in capacities and limited their um, ability to provide service. But I've even seen it with country clubs and athletic facilities and, and many other types of examples, even in the manufacturing sector where a company was not able to get, their supply chain was interrupted and they were not able to get product in. So those are all some examples of, uh, again, a partial suspension of operations that Marty talked about. Yeah, and, and we've even seen manufacturers that have had their lines shut down for a period of time, or even companies that had salespeople who normally would travel and go to clients and go to conferences who no longer could do that that normal function of their business. What's interesting here for 2020, especially due to the fact that most companies in 2020 probably qualified due to 
the government order test where their operations were restricted is that companies who claim PPP specifically, who never thought about this before, have to put themselves in the mindset of where they were as a business back in March 2020 and how their, their business was being affected by government orders and as they were adapting to people working more from home. So that's sort of the sweet spot of thought when we think about what uh, a company has to keep in mind when they're assessing whether or not those government orders affected them and they had a partial shutdown back in 2020. And then, Ann, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the um, the way that companies get this credit? How, how do they apply for it? Okay. Um, I, I mentioned this is a payroll tax credit. So it is claimed on a company's Form 941, which is an employer's quarterly federal tax return. Um, and for companies that are eligible for the credit in 2020, um, a company can either amend their prior 941s to claim the credit, or there's also been recent guidance that came out that said if you are a PPP borrower and you have credit to take in the second, third, or fourth quarter, they, all of that credit can be claimed on the originally filed fourth quarter return um, for 2020. Now, again, the IRS kind of complicated things a little bit by not allowing you to put all the quarters on the fourth quarter amended return. So it has to be on an originally filed 941 for the fourth quarter. But again, as I said, there's an option to also claim it on an amended return. And then for 2020 credits, there are some options as well. Um, companies can reduce their federal tax deposits going forward by the amount of their credit. You kind of have to work with your payroll provider to make sure that they uh, will allow you to do that method. But you can also file a form 7200, which is a request for an advance payment of the credit um, and get the money back quicker and then reconcile that on your uh, 941s once they're filed. And then lastly, again, you can also amend all your quarters uh, for 2021 for the first and second quarter um, to claim the credits that way as well. So the next question, and then that um, I'm sure everybody on this podcast would like to know is, you know, what do I do now? How do I get this assessed for my business? And here's what we're doing with a lot of our clients right now. We're scoping these credits um, by virtue of just having phone calls with our clients. Uh, we talk about exactly how many employees that they have in both 2019 and today. We talk about what their gross receipts position was, and we just talk through the facts of whether or not they were subject to any government orders. After that, we can estimate what some of the benefits were or could be going forward um, due to the fact that we know what the maximum benefits would be. Uh, we also take a look at what they did from a PPP perspective to make sure that we're not claiming the same wages for purposes of ERC and for PPP. At that point, we then work with our clients and provide them with a data request. Uh, specifically, it's a detailed wage request that we then load into our proprietary technology platform. Um, that platform has all of the government orders uh, in its database and the time period over which uh, they affected our, our clients, which allows us to, in a much more speedy way, get through the analysis of when they were an eligible employer, specifically in the 2020 time period. But after that point, um, we'll work with our clients to generate a report that has the credits calculated by quarter identifying the qualifying wages by quarter, identifying why they're an eligible employer, and identifying um, exactly what their gross receipts calculations were and the number of employees they had. So that's what we're doing right now for our clients, and it seems to be pretty powerful. We're getting quite a, 
quite a number of clients talking to us about this. And what I would encourage our clients to do right now, or anybody listening to this podcast, the extent they have other questions about the employee retention credit, is to send us an email at our inbox that's specific to employee retention credit questions. It's employeerc at cbh.com. To the extent anyone sends an email to that, Anne and I will both get a copy of that, and we're happy to answer any questions anyone has.